Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and magically altered rat, Lonnie Diane Rich. <laughs> and I'm film scholar and first baseman, Noelle LaCroix. And we're here today to talk about Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, the 16th episode of season two. Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered aired on February 10th, 1998, and was written by Marty Noxon and directed by James A. Contner. A warning before we begin, every episode of Still Pretty talks about each episode within the greater context of all of Buffy, and as such, is fully spoiled. We want some respect around here. We want, for once, to come out ahead. We want the Hellmouth to be working for us. So let's go on patrol. In Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, it's Valentine's Day, and Xander is taking his relationship to the next level with Cordelia by buying her a heart necklace. But when her friends ostracize her for dating Xander, Cordelia begins to have second thoughts. Meanwhile, Giles has been researching Angelus and discovers that he's a big fan of Valentine's Day and takes it as a special inspiration for tormenting his victims. Around Valentine's Day, he, he, he's rather prone to... Uh, all the Brutal displays. You would think of it as affection, I suppose. Like what? No, no, uh, no need to go into details. At the warehouse, Angelus gives Drew his heart. Well, someone's heart. And while Drew loves it, Spike is less than thrilled. At home, Buffy finds a dozen red roses with a card that just reads, Soon. At the bronze, Oz's band is playing and Xander confesses his feelings to Cordelia and gives her the necklace. She responds in an unexpected manner. Well unexpected to Xander. Do you know what's a good day to break up with somebody? Any day besides Valentine's Day. I mean, what? Were you running low on dramatic irony? The next day at school, Xander's hurting from being dumped, and as the other kids laugh and make fun of him, he grabs Amy and blackmails her into doing a spell to make Cordelia fall in love with him. Either she does what he asks, or he tells everyone she's a witch. Amy casts the spell, and the next day, Xander strolls into school and approaches Cordelia, expecting her to fall all over him. His expectations are not met. Some kind of weather we've been having, huh? What do you want? You can't be sniffing around for more jewelry to melt, because all you ever gave me was that small mart-looking thing. <laughs> Is this love? Because maybe I knew it doesn't look that different. Bummed over the failure of his love spell, Xander goes to the library to vent to Buffy, and she starts flirting with him. Just as Buffy and Xander are about to kiss, Amy pulls him away to talk about redoing the spell, and she starts hitting on him, too. In the hallway, another girl interrupts Xander and Amy, and he rushes home to find Willow waiting for him in his bed. She asks him to be her first and starts nibbling his ear. I don't want to use force. Force is okay. That's it. This has got to stop. It's time for me to act like a man. And hide. The next day at school, all the women are hot for Xander. He hides out in the library, where he confesses all to Giles and asks for help. As he explains the situation, Jenny comes in, wanting to talk to Giles about the tension between them. In the middle of her speech, she gets distracted by Xander's sexiness. Giles drags Jenny out under protest as he goes to search for Amy to reverse the spell, and while Xander's alone in the library, Buffy comes in wearing nothing but her short raincoat. She advances on him, and he tells her that he can't because she's under a spell. Amy comes in, turns Buffy into a rat to get her out of the way, but then Giles comes in with Jenny, and what is it with all these women wanting her Xander? Why is she here? Can you focus for a minute? You just turned Buffy into a rat. While Amy and Jenny fight over Xander, the Buffy rat scurries away. Just as Xander's about to get the rat, Oz comes in and in one of the most satisfying moments of all of Buffy, punches Xander in the face. The Buffy rat runs out of the library and Giles sends Xander home while Oz goes to look for Buffy. Giles tries to get Jenny and Amy to focus on reversing the spell, which seems to have affected everyone but Cordelia. As Xander is leaving the school, he finds a bunch of girls beating the hell out of Cordelia for breaking his heart. He grabs Cordelia and rescues her from the mob inside the school, only to find another mob outside of the school, led by Willow. I'd rather see you dead than with that bitch. Xander and Cordelia escape to Buffy's house, where Joyce takes them in. She sends Cordelia to get the first aid kit and then starts kissing Xander's neck. 
Cordelia throws Joyce out of the house, but as Joyce uses an axe to break back in, Xander and Cordelia lock themselves in Buffy's bedroom. But Angel grabs Xander through the window looking for Buffy. As Angel's about to attack, Drew throws him off Xander and then kisses Xander. How do you feel about eternal life? We couldn't just start with a coffee. Just as Drew's about to turn Xander, the mob of women come for him, wielding axes and clubs. Cordelia fights them off and they run into the house where Joyce waits holding a butcher's knife. Oz tracks Rat Buffy down to the school basement and Giles has Amy working to reverse the spell. In Buffy's basement with Cordelia, Xander explains to her what he did and when she realizes the spell was to make her love him, not all the other girls, she's touched which is the exact opposite of the reaction she should be having. <laughs> Amy reverses the Buffy rat spell, and she turns back into Buffy, now naked in the school basement with Oz. I seem to be having a slight case of nudity here. But you're not a rat, so call it an upside. The mob of women break into Buffy's basement, ready to kill Xander in their obsession, but Amy reverses the love spell, and they all come to their senses, confused. Xander and Cordelia make up a scavenger hunt cover story, and the women accept it and disperse. The next day at school, Xander's still bummed. Willow won't even talk to him now. Buffy comforts Xander, grateful that he didn't take advantage of her inability to consent, and we expect way too little of men, people. Meanwhile, Cordelia's back in the fold with her friends, but when Harmony is mean to Xander, Cordelia chooses Xander over her friends. Do you know what you are, Harmony? You're a sheep. You're not a sheep. You're a sheep. All you ever do is what everyone else does, just so you can say you did it first. And here I am, scrambling for your approval when I'm way cooler than you are, because I'm not a sheep. I do what I want to do, and I wear what I want to wear. And you know what? I'll date whoever the hell I want to date. No matter how lame he is. Okay, so Noelle, what did you think of Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered? I love this episode. It is It's a fun episode. Delightful. I love any sort of, you know, magic gone wrong or bizarro mm-hmm. world or body switch or where all our Halloween costumes, any of those crazy antics. I love mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. And this is such a fast moving story. Yeah. It's just, it's delightful. It's completely delightful. It is. It's nice. It's nicely motivated. You know, I mean, you've got Xander doing a terrible thing. Let's just put it out there. A love spell is a terrible thing. Giles makes it clear why it's terrible um, without even talking about issues of consent. It's just a stupid thing to do because people are dangerous, apparently, when they are under the effects of a love spell, as we discover. Um, But also, it's a terrible thing to do because it really is basically like magical rape. You're sort of, you know, inducing consent in somebody who would not consent otherwise. And Xander doesn't take advantage of that. Which is a good thing, although you're going to hear me say oh, yeah. a number of times in this episode that we expect way too little of men. Yeah. Um, our expectations of men are way too low. Um, but I think it's a really like, you know, all of that aside, we've got Xander doing something stupid. It's a terrible thing to do. We don't talk about issues of consent, which I kind of wish we did. But short of that, we do condemn the behavior. We talk about how stupid it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he realizes how stupid it is and there's tons of consequences. So for all of that, I'm like, okay, then now. I can enjoy it and have fun. And it is really, really fun. Well, it's the most Xander thing to do. Like I It is. It is completely on brand. Xander <laughs> the, the and oh my God, when he when he makes the decision to corner Amy, he mm-hmm. does this little this wonderful little like hop, skip, and jump as he kind of runs over yes. to where she is to grab yes. her and pull her aside. And at that moment. He embraces being the villain. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Like you can see yeah. him sort of putting on this um like veneer of confidence and control. Like he yeah. he he can't control the situation the way he wants to. So he's gonna control mm-hmm. Amy into doing what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. And normally I'd be like, oh, that's real, real yucky. But mm-hmm. it feels very it feels very realistic to me. It feels yes. like mm-hmm. a an appropriate for Xander response to the situation. And yes. Amy is such a great match for him. I mm-hmm. absolutely love the two of them together and yeah. the quality of that relationship where she is very much 
like not really wanting to do this thing, but also suddenly on board. And when he right. turns to look at Cordelia down the hall and Amy pokes her little head into frame it is the most wonderful <laughs> like is, i love that shot that, yes like, it's like wonderfully scooby doo and looney tunes uh-huh. and then yes. the whole episode just follows that kind of a um i don't know there's that sort of emotional resonance if i feel like we're mm-hmm. in this super heightened reality not just because of yeah. the spell but also because of the performances and how quick the dialogue moves and how quickly we mm-hmm. move from one problematic situation to another. <laughs> exactly. No, it's so great. And I love Elizabeth Ann Allen as Amy. We're going to see her a bit more, of course, as we move through the rest of the series. Uh, she is never used to like the full extent of her capabilities. She has amazing comic timing. I think she makes a wonderful villain. She's not really a villain in this episode. She's just kind of like has power, yeah. you know, um, although she does, you know, turn Buffy into a rat. I mean, granted, she's <laughs> under the influence of a spell. But obviously not someone to be fucked with, right. you know, like she's serious. <laughs> Amy is serious business and we're getting that. Um, we don't use her nearly enough. She spends a good portion of her time on the show as a rat, um, of course, as resulting from the gingerbread episode, which we're going to see uh, next season. Um, but she is so fun. She's such a great actress. I love her every time she's on screen. Even when I hate what she's doing, yes. I always love her as an actress and Amy is always interesting to me like as a character. Uh, so she was really, really fun. Of course, again, this is completely on brand for Xander. This is exactly like when Giles says, I can't believe you're fool enough. He goes, oh no, I'm twice the fool it takes to do this. Perfect. <laughs> I love that. That is exactly, exactly Xander. Mm-hmm. It is so mm-hmm. great. Um, I love when he's in there with her, with Amy, you know, do and she's like, well, you know, for a love spell, you've got to have your intent has to be pure. And he's like, I intend revenge. Pure as the driven snow. Freaking love that moment. <laughs> so love it. So great. And I think that Nicholas Brendan, like whatever problems anybody might have with Nicholas Brendan, he does have some problematic personal stuff, which can sometimes affect the way you experience an artist's work. Um, I try to keep that separate as much as I possibly can. Um, But his, God, his delivery, his timing, everything is so wonderful. He's so fun. Um, I love everything about him in this episode. He absolutely nails his performance. I mean, he, he kicks so much ass. He's so great. And he has to do all of these things all at once. The sort of Mm -hmm. desire and then confusion and then confusion desire and then (laughs) abject (laughs) horror (laughs) at the realization of what he's done. It's wonderful. It escalates so beautifully. And we get to see Xander's room. I think this is the first time we see Xander's bedroom. And I think it is. I am here mm-hmm. for the production design. Oh, no, I think we I think we saw it in Prophecy Girl after um oh, yes. after Buffy dumped yes. it. But yeah, we haven't seen it much. We just <laughs> saw right. him listening to country music and, and you the know, music of pain. his life. Yes. The music of pain, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of fun to see the the personal side of Xander. We don't we very very gradually have his home life revealed for mm-hmm. us, you know, um, and it it gets sadder and sadder and sadder the more we realize what his actual life is like. In season four, we get a much stronger sense of that. Um, but you know, in this moment, it's just like this average teenage boy's room, and of course, Willow in his bed wearing just his shirt. I mean, damn. That that scene is so well done. That his the the he's already grasped what has gone horribly wrong. Yes. And he's just now like, oh God, like how do I what do I do? Like he's just doing everything he can think of to try to, you know, put this Mm -hmm. fire out and he just like nothing is working um you know what about oz well he's not you well he is me you should go he's trying to see if that'll work so desperate to just anything (laughs) anything but it's it is such a delightful moment and there's such a delightful music cue when she pops up from under the covers Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. oh man i yeah I I can't really be objective about this episode because it is you don't need to specifically be. to delight me. I love wild I love wild magical 
antics. Yes. No, I like that, too. Like, one of my favorite things is the bizarro world, right? You know, where everything is different. We have a few episodes like that. This isn't actually a bizarro episode, but it does kind of have this, you know, altered reality kind of feel to it. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody is themselves in this episode, you know. So it's really, really fun. And we have this thing with Willow, which, of course, is so beautifully done with Allison Hannigan, because she's the one who had real feelings for Xander for such a long time. She's finally seen Oz. We see her so excited. My point? Oh my god! She's all excited. She's all Willow. Um, She is, you know, letting Xander go. She's finally getting to that point, and then to have this happen. Yeah, she's, you know, when she has like when they run out, you know, he and Cordelia after he rescues her, and outside there's the mob, and there's Willow with an axe, you know, and the whole thing is funny and heightened and ridiculous, but Willow is weeping i mean she's so upset and allison hannigan could have played this up just for the comedy of it but she really played that like deep heartbreak because some of this is real for her and for her to be in that position where she's magically altered um to a point where all of these feelings that she's been having for xander for all of this time are now suddenly finding expression um, that has got to be so awful for her. So at the end, when Xander says, you know, Willow's not even talking to me. And Buffy's like, well, this has got to be, you know, the hardest for her. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, I mean, yep. he didn't intend that to happen to her. But regardless, it did. And um, and I also love, like, I love Oz in that moment when he punches yes. Xander in the face, which is wonderful. But then he just says, I talked to Willow last night. She was really upset. And I just wanted to hit you in the face. And the thing that I love about this with Oz is two things. One He comes in, he says, I wanted to hit you in the face. And it is not about possession. It's not about you messed with my girl. It's about you hurt somebody I care about. Yeah. You know, like Oz isn't jealous. There's no sense of, you know, of possessiveness or territory going on there. And then as soon as he punches Xander in the face, he reaches down and helps him stand up. I just... That is such a perfect moment. That is such a perfect character moment for Oz. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love, I love the contrast of Oz and Willow in this, in this episode. I mean, we get, because we get a little bit of an emotional rise from Oz. I mean, he's, he's upset that Willow was upset, Mm -hmm. but he's still, I mean, he's still his like calm, even Oz. We get every flavor of Willow. In this episode, every single, Mm -hmm. I mean, from my boyfriend's in the band to her just like beaming up at him on stage. She's so delighted. It's, it is such a genuine, like Mm -hmm. joy face. Yeah. And then, you know, (laughs) Willow in Xander's bed wearing just his shirt is, it's just, it's so, so funny. It's so funny. And she says, I've been in your bed before. And he says, we were both wearing footy pajamas. (laughs) It is so beautiful. I love all of that. You know, I mean, it's so fun to kind of see all these characters in all of these different contexts. Mm -hmm. Like Jenny, right? Jenny Callender. As much as I like, I, I, I didn't like Jenny Callender at the beginning. I like her just a smidge more with every episode she's in. But in this one, I love it. I love it. First of all, we have that, that, that like, you know, sad kind of conflict between her and Giles. Giles won't look at her, yeah. he won't talk to her, you know. Um, he's being loyal to Buffy, which is really nice. And then she busts into the library like, no, we're talking about this. We're having this out. If you think I'm just going to go away. And then she just starts patting Xander absently without even thinking much. Like, are you working out? You know, um, and then like Giles is dragging her away and she's like, oh, no. it is so adorable and so funny and it's nice to see Giles you know obviously he's focused on Xander and Xander's stupidity and he's really annoyed but he's taking care of Jenny yes you know because obviously Jenny is not going to want to be the teacher who like hits on a student or worse yeah um so you know for Jenny the stakes are a bit higher than for the you know the young girls Mm -hmm. um it's just it's so I love the way Giles just throws her out of the way. He's Xander has come to confess this and he's kind of Giles is kind of like, oh, yeah, all right. You know, you did a stupid thing. But then once it's clear you and we watch Jenny transform from, hey, Xander, nice shirt to 
stroking him and petting him. And as soon as as soon as Giles realizes the severity of this, he just grabs her and throws her behind him. Like out of my way. We got work to do. And it's hilarious. It's such great physicality. Um I love it. And then, you know, there's this whole I I still love the Giles Jenny thing. But at the beginning, when Giles kind of blows her off, shuts her down, I love that we get a shot of Buffy registering that also. It's not just it's not just the sadness between Giles and Jenny that they, you know, have this friction Mm -hmm. and they can't, you know, he's not willing to talk about it or doesn't whatever. It's also that Buffy is part of that. And then mm-hmm. in the next scene, Buffy asks Giles if he's okay. And my yeah. heart just breaks a little bit because I know Buffy and Giles are now at this point where they're really seeing who the other person is. Mm-hmm. They they have really um, deep knowledge about each other. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I love the way they're finding their groove in this personal relationship that sort of exists within the weird yeah. professional relationship that they have. Mm-hmm. I love seeing Giles and Buffy care about each other and the dynamic of yeah. that love story is just it's it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. And it's written with such a light touch. I mean, Marty Noxon is one of my favorite writers, you know, anyway, but we haven't seen her really do what she can do. I think this is the first time we've seen her really be Marty Noxon. Mm-hmm. And it's beautifully put together. We've got all this stuff in the background that really has meaning and has emotional weight to it. And yet it's also lightly handled. You know, it's so beautiful. We've got the lovely moment when Xander is asking Cordelia for the necklace that he gave her. And she's like, yeah, that piece of junk, it's in my locker. Mm-hmm. But she's wearing it. She hides the fact that she's actually wearing it underneath her shirt you know from him that is such a a clear like little moment but it says so much about what Cordelia is really going through and how she's really feeling it even when she breaks up with him yeah you know she's so like um she's like oh god you know you had to make this harder because you look good you know um (laughs) which is and she's really struggling with this you know but of course Sander is so wrapped up in himself that he can't see anything that she's going through you know Um, But it's so sweet because we get that from Cordelia in these really nice little moments, you know, Um, and I like the way that Marty Noxon is able to get so much across with such economy. We're able to get all of this stuff going in the background. You know, we're able to get like Oz and Willow and then Willow's heartbreak and, you know, Jenny and Giles and Buffy's concern for like all of that stuff with like one line, like her economy is unbelievable in this episode. It's fantastic. And I just feel like the the way the spell goes wrong is such a Marty Noxon. Yes. Like, I'm just like, oh, yeah. of course, of course it would affect everyone but Cordelia. Like that, <laughs> it's just so cheeky. Like it's so smart, but also so cheeky. <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. that is just delightful. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the love spell itself. Okay. Because I had some questions <laughs> about this. Um, okay. So we have, we have, it's, it's a vengeance spell, you know, pure as the driven snow. So obviously there's going to be um, consequence. I, I love the fact that, that Cordelia's necklace actually protects her yes. from the spell. Um, so it's a reversal of that, which I think is really nice. Um, so we've got this blowback from the spell that every woman is in love with Xander, mm-hmm. right? And I have some questions about that. That seems heteronormative as fuck. <laughs> right? Because it's not everybody who's attracted to men is attracted to Xander. Right. right? It's women. So women, and especially if you think about it on any deep level, right? There's a handful, there's a percentage of these girls who are realizing that they are somewhere else on the Kinsey scale, that they are not necessarily a Kinsey zero. <laughs> they might be into girls a little bit. And then all of a sudden, one day they're madly in love with Xander. And that's got to just throw a girl's sexual development just the hell <laughs> off, right? High school was such a confusing time. I knew I was into women. I- and also this one time I wanted to hack Xander Harris to pieces with an axe. I don't know. It was 
really confusing. It is so weird. It is it is bizarre, but it also fits for me in terms of Xander's like Xander's limited understanding of what he wants. Like mm-hmm, Xander mm-hmm. would not think through like it's very much it's it's a be careful what you wish for, right? right. Xander's mm-hmm. complaint is that no women are into him. So then of mm-hmm. course all women are into him and right. that's the that's the flip. But you're absolutely right because they do at the end, you know, we hear sort of the background, you know, walla 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 mm-hmm. is like where are we? What's going on? You know, everyone is very confused and disoriented as you mm-hmm. would be. But then Buffy makes it very clear at the end that they remember. Everyone remembers yeah. what happened. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that would that would mess you that up. That would mess somebody up when they're trying to figure out, you know, where they're landing. Yeah, like where their where their attraction is. Yeah, that would be Right. That that could be interesting and problematic for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I just I thought that was and kind of interesting it's, because it's 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 we're forcing all women, regardless of where their natural inclinations lie, to be in love with of all people Xander. <laughs> like if you're a woman at a young age figuring out that you're not exactly a zero on a Kinsey scale, or maybe you're a six. I mean, let's yeah. face it, you could be anywhere in there, right? You know, and then all of a sudden one day you're in love with a man. And it's Xander. <laughs> like, all of that's got to throw you off. I'm just saying, this is a little inconsiderate. It's an inconsiderate spell. Of course, any spell that messes with a woman's consent is, of course, or anyone's consent is obviously a problematic spell. It's supposed to be problematic. But I just kind of thought that Oh, was totally. Funny. And then, um, you know, and then if we want to get, like, really, really queer and get into, like, yeah. well, but wait a minute. So Giles says every female in Sunnydale... What, how are uh-huh. we defining female? Sex is also mm-hmm. not a binary, even though we like to think that it right. is. It's not. Mm-hmm. What are we, yeah. how are, what is the spell defining? I don't, like, I have so many follow-up right. questions for the spell. I, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a very simplified view of the world, you know, which makes the spell cleaner, you know, and I mean, it, it worked, but yeah, we're, like, you know, I mean, there are, you know, there are uh, there's a whole range of everything there. And if you split it up between men and women boys and girls everything is stuff, a spectrum it, folks yeah. like it all is yeah. but i think that it it works for me in that way i mean issues of consent and autonomy and desire and all of those things aside it works mm-hmm. for me and that we're so deep in xander's point of view that xander yes. wouldn't mm-hmm. consider anything you know It would never occur to Xander that anyone might, you know, be somewhere else sexually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everyone, Xander Mm -hmm. is very much of the, well, everyone does things the way I do them, (laughs) or at least everyone should do things the way I do them. Mm -hmm. And then he gets exactly that. And he's, um, (laughs) and he doesn't know what to do. do. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. But I love... Yeah, it's like the dog who chases the squirrel all the time, and then suddenly the squirrel stops and says, yeah, what do you want? And the dog's like, I don't know what to do with this. You're supposed to run. I'm supposed to chase you. I'm not supposed to catch you. That's how this works, you know? Um, Or the cat who meows to go outside and then doesn't want to be outside. Not this outside. (laughs) Oh, God. So anyway, we've got this whole thing with Xander and Buffy. Yes. Right? We've had this weirdness with Xander and Buffy. He was in love with her. Then he sort of like let it go. At the beginning, he says, you know, I'm with Cordelia because the only other person I'm interested in is unavailable. So I'm presuming at that moment he's talking about Buffy. They had that weird moment of sexual tension last yeah. week. So it felt like they were kind of playing with the idea of getting Buffy and Xander together. Then we have this whole scene where she comes in wearing only the raincoat. She is intent on seducing Xander. Um, oh. And Xander turns her down. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the end of the episode, Buffy is like, well, you're such a hero. Yeah. (laughs) Because you didn't take advantage of my inability to consent. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) first of all, he does say this gross would lap dancing enter into that scenario at all, because I find that very comforting. Right. You know, um, earlier in the in the day when he he was talking to her, she first started, you know, hitting on him. Um, So there's all of that. But it just seems to me like when he is rejecting her. 
even then, it is not about her at all. If you knew what it would mean to me, if you knew, you know, but you don't know. And it was all about him and about how he wanted her, mm-hmm. that he wanted her in the way that he wants her. And it was all about him. Um, so I think it's it's good and it's right that he, of course, not take advantage of that situation because she is obviously clearly not herself mm-hmm. in that moment. Um, but it still feels really focused on him and the way that he wants her. He wants the conquest of it. And if he can't have the conquest, then he doesn't want her. Yeah. Um, and so that felt yeah. weird to me. You know, it's, it's, it's no when I'm kissing you you're kissing me it's not like he is no Oz yeah yeah I mean it's a that that scene is super uncomfortable for me on a number Mm -hmm. of levels yeah Um, but I love I actually love the the scene that comes before that not directly before that Mm -hmm. but the moment where we first I think it's our first indication that the spell has not worked as planned and Buffy is is just kind of commiserating with Xander about you know it's like a bummer that you know we don't Mm -hmm. have people and it's you know Valentine's Day and you know let's hang out just the two of us and then it turns like she starts to smolder at him yeah I Mm -hmm. love that first of all Sarah Michelle Gellar can smolder with anyone Sarah Michelle Gellar is serious damn business. I got to tell you, she's amazing. That smolder where she shifts Mm -hmm. from, hey, Xander, let's hang out. You know, we could comfort each other kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, and then he has that line about, you know, I find lap dances comforting. Right. She comes right back to him with, you know, play your cards right in this. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. what? You know, I'm right there. (laughs) I'm right there with him in that moment because she's so like she dials up the smolder so slowly. And then it looks like they're going to have a little sexy moment. A little kiss. And then Amy comes in and then. You know, over the the course of the next scene, it becomes clear what has happened. But until right. Xander really gets that, that you know, that this is mm-hmm. this is magic, yeah. he's he's like, oh, all right, like I guess this he's is all yeah, of course, yeah. So then, when she comes sauntering into the library, which first of all, the barricade. When he barricades the library door <laughs> with the card catalog and then it just opens the other direction <laughs> is so, so perfect. That. It's so yeah. good. She comes sauntering in with this saxophone music underneath. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about the music in a minute because damn. Mm-hmm. It's just like, <laughs> oh, God, now what? You know, by that by that point in such a short period of time, we've escalated this so thoroughly mm-hmm. that... You know, at first I'm kind of like, yeah, Buffy and Xander, I guess. I mean, maybe a little bit, right? <laughs> you know? I'll get on that ship for, for a day For a or day two. or two. Sure. You're heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. Yeah. Let's be heartbroken together. Sure. But, right. I mean, but it's so great how quickly that shift happens. And then, and then, yeah, he's very like, no, you don't, you don't understand what it would mean to me mm-hmm. it's not about i'm not willing to do something to a person who is you know right <laughs> under the influence of magic yeah it's about it's if you knew what this would mean yeah. to me you know yeah. yeah yeah it's iffy but it's it's you know very centered on him and like i get it you know he's a kid and this is the way you know kids mm-hmm. think and especially like young men yeah. you know who are basically raised to be entitled to a certain degree you know <laughs> um culturally we we raised especially young white men to be to be very entitled to women and women's bodies under any circumstance right. um and we're we're changing that now but back in the 90s and not so much um and so like i understand i get all of that it just like it it struck me the wrong way as much as i love all of it Buffy's gratitude at the end looking up at him like he's such a hero because he didn't take advantage of her lack of her inability to consent you know um and it's just it's one of those things where I'm like you know what we expect so so little from men (laughs) like that is way too little to be oh my hero you didn't rape me right um so yeah so I find that to be a little bit like I 
I understand her appreciating that, but I also would love for it to be a circumstance where that would go without question. Yeah. <laughs> where like, of course he wouldn't do that. Of course no decent Yeah, you would, wouldn't you know, um Yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't do that to somebody who's under the influence of any sort of mind altering substance. Yeah. Exactly. And what struck me, you know, it's funny that what struck me about that that little coda to this whole interaction between them wasn't so much her like her reverence for the fact that he didn't undress her. Mm-hmm. Um although I see that now and that's really fucked up was she is acknowledging to him right away, like this is the next day that, no, I remember this. I remember what I did mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. When we've just had that whole conversation about, you know, Xander pretending not to know what happened when he was a hyena. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it comes up accidentally. And he was horrible to her. And mm-hmm. there's no, like, I mean... I was going to say there's no apology. She doesn't apologize to him either. Um, yeah. I mean, but I don't think she necessarily owes him an apology because I don't think she he does. put yeah. the magical roofie on everyone. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she still seems very, she seems very grown up. Like, let's talk about this. I remember mm-hmm. that I did this and I remember how you mm-hmm. responded. And I want you to know that I remember. It's not so much, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't read it so much as like, like my hero as I just want you to know that I remember what happened. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we're not going to pretend like nothing happened. We are going right. to acknowledge mm-hmm. that something happened. But it's, yeah. it's this like creepy double standard about, you know, mm-hmm. men under the influence of magic get to behave horribly but mm-hmm. women under the influence of magic are expected to, like, I don't know, fess up to <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know. There was something there that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And maybe I'm overly sensitive about who should be apologizing to whom in the Xander Buffy right. relationship. Yes. Maybe that's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I love this this idea that I think the spell showcases really well. Um, Mm -hmm. And you brought up earlier talking about, you know, young people in high school and what feels like love not actually being love. Right, right. Well, Giles says this thing. It's not love. It's obsession. Selfish, banal obsession. Yeah. Right. Um, And I really, really like that because I think that he shines a light on that. And one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting is that. We have this um, sort of contrast with Angel and Buffy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because the obsession is what Angelus feels for Buffy now. He is obsessed with her. Like, he just can't stop thinking about ways to yes. torment her, you know? Um, but love is what Buffy feels for Angel. Angel, of course, who is not present anymore because he left when Angelus took over, you know? And we don't really do anything with that. But I thought it was kind of an interesting reflection of the ways in which love and, um, and you know, obsession do differ. It can feel like love, but it is not love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea that obsession ultimately turns deadly, too. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. not just, you know... Willow being ready to hack Xander to pieces. But Joyce says, we have to end it. She's got a knife. She says, we have to end it. Are these women who claim to love Xander ready to kill him and themselves? Is that what... Yeah, if they can't yeah, have him, it's right? If I can't have you, then I'm going to kill you. And I mean, let's face it, that is not an unusual human Oh, yeah. Like, the people do yeah. that, you know? Um, so I, I like that as a love spell, you know, it got dangerous like that, that it it, it didn't induce love. It induced obsession yeah. and possession, you know, um, which is really, really interesting. And then, of course, the, the object of his desire, Cordelia, is like whatever. You know? So funny. Well, what I think is is kind of funny is that Amy calls upon Diana. And she says, mm-hmm. goddess of love and the hunt. 
Diana is not the goddess of love, folks. Mm -hmm. She is the goddess of the hunt. She's also the goddess of virgins and um, small woodland creatures, or maybe large woodland creatures as well. Like rats, rats, maybe? Possibly. I think it's more like... Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, the heck Yeah, like forest creatures. But... Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wh- whoops! Like that's a that's a yeah. real rookie mistake, Amy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. wrong goddess. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's why the spell goes wrong. That it ends up mm-hmm. protecting Cordelia from Xander instead of I don't know. But yeah. it is a it is an interesting thing that this is the you know we go in with. I was gonna say we go in with a love spell, but it's not a love spell. It's a revenge. Mm-hmm desire kind of spell, Mm -hmm. um, which really strikes me as something that fits with our our Buffy, Angel, Angelus storyline, but we don't get much of that. I mean, we do get a little bit of Spike and Drew and Angelus, everyone's favorite vampire thruple. Which is always fun. Oh, my God. I love when he brings her a heart. I found it in a quaint little shop. Brilliant. That line... (laughs) Oh, God, that's a good line. I know. It's so fantastic. And we don't get a lot of our our vampire thruple, but what we do Mm -hmm. get, I think, is really great. Um, Yes. Mm -hmm. But is Spike bonier than he used to be? Because he's Um, sick. I mean, he's like, I was like, that's a lot of cheekbone going on there. Yeah. No, he's always, he's always, you can cut glass on that cheekbone. And and Angel has clearly been uh, stealing Spike and Drew's eyeliner because he's eyelinier. Eyeliner equals evil, yeah. man. That's yeah. just it, you know. But it's great. Oh, it it's looks fantastic. awesome on him. I love it. Whenever he's angelus, he's always got eyeliner. It's fantastic, and it's you know, and we get this nice counterpoint to the Xander Cordelia plot with Spike giving Drew mm-hmm. a necklace, and then mm-hmm. Angelus, of course, gives her a human heart. Which is... I know. <laughs> and I like Angelus seducing Drusilla not because he's particularly interested in being with her, but because it gives mm-hmm. him more power over spike yeah exactly i really really like that and then of course we get a little a little taste of that obsession with buffy that angelus Mm -hmm. has spike tells angelus to rip buffy's lungs out and angelus says it lacks poetry and spike says it doesn't have to what rhymes with lungs Which is such a perfect Spike it's... line. And I love Spike being on the back foot yes. like this. You know, like here he is. He's he's in a wheelchair. You know, uh, vampires heal really fast, but apparently he's yeah. not. Having a pipe organ fall on you apparently is very, very damaging. <laughs> to, uh, maybe it was filled with holy water. I was, yeah, I, I was going to say maybe it was um, because it was in a in a church. In a church, yeah. It was a holy pipe organ, just, you know, did all sorts of damage to him. Um, But it's so it's so fun to see him in this position where he is just seething with resentment for Mm -hmm. Angelus and Angelus is making the moves on Drusilla and Drusilla is loving it. (laughs) Drusilla, I love strong Drusilla. Strong Drusilla just does whatever she wants. I mean... Sick mm-hmm. Drusilla did whatever she wanted to do, but yes. strong Drusilla mm-hmm. doesn't have anything holding her back. She's just like, yep, I'm going <laughs> to. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't get a whole lot, you know, of, of Angelus in here. We get, we have him present, you know, he's making the threats on Buffy, yeah. you know, the, uh, the, the dozen roses with the card that says soon on it, which by the way, Joyce did not seem to have a reaction right? to that. <laughs> Like, my teenage daughter gets a dozen red roses left mysteriously on the back porch with a card that says, soon. I would be like, uh, who's this from? What's his name? Where does he I live? need an explanation you know? now. Exactly. And Joyce is just like, ha, I don't know. It's a little weird. Okay. And that's God. it. <laughs> and yeah. That, yeah. It's it's a little, a little disturbing. Um, yeah. But uh, but I love, too, when Buffy's getting all the information on Angelus oh from Giles. Giles, of course, trying to protect her at first. And then she's like, no, you need to tell me everything. And he's like, well, there was one Valentine's Day when he got a puppy. And she's like, skip it. I don't have a puppy. I don't want to know. <laughs> well, and I love I love Buffy 
calling Giles on his bullshit. She's like, you know, yeah. you never held anything back from me before, but now that right. now that the the big bad is my ex, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, I can't. I think she says I can't prepare for it if I don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. I was like, yes, this idea yeah. that we need to protect people by withholding information from them that that somehow right. will keep them safe is so mm-hmm. the opposite really yeah. of what yeah. you know because Buffy's right like you can't you can't protect yourself against something you don't know is coming exactly exactly she's completely right you know and he is being very patriarchal I mean of course you know with the best of intentions yeah. in the most loving way you know I mean his intentions of course are good he just wants to protect her completely understand that I think it makes complete sense um but uh, but it is something that you know that Buffy needs to like wake him up from. yeah because that's that's not going to work. And again, their relationship is just so delightful. Buffy and yes. Giles. Yes, it Buffy really and Giles, is. I did I not know. really fully comprehend that love story the first time mm-hmm. through the show. I mean, Buffy and Giles, they're mm-hmm. great. I lo- you know, it's wonderful yeah. and but this something that I, that I'm really zooming in on is just mm-hmm. how great their relationship dynamic is and how I mean, wonderfully unconventional it is. Yeah. It's just, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. No, it is. It's really, it's a great, great relationship. And I love every movement that we get of that relationship right up through the end of the series. It's always, always really fun. Um, but another thing I want to talk about a little bit more, we hit on Oz a little bit earlier, but I didn't quite get to talk about Oz as much as I wanted to. Speaking of our non-toxic <laughs> masculinity. <laughs> but... But what I, I love, a couple of things with Oz. One, I love when he comes in and, you know, he hits Xander and then Xander's like, yeah, Amy turned Buffy into a rat. And he's like, oh, you know, and he is just completely chill. He's like, all right, that's fine. I'll just look for a rat, a rat that is Buffy. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm not going <laughs> to find out what's going on. I'm not going to be like, how exactly did Amy turn Buffy yeah, into right. a rat? He's just in it. He's on the yeah. job and it's awesome. But I also really loved the moment when Buffy turned back into Buffy. Mm-hmm right? She is naked in the basement of the school, right? And he is looking her straight in the eye. There is no, they didn't go for the joke, which I really Mm -hmm. love. They didn't go for the joke where he's like trying to catch a piece, right? He just says, well, hey, you're not a rat. And he's not looking at her because she's naked. Like his eye contact is just a little bit off, you know? And, um, and it's so incredibly sweet. And then I'm sitting there just completely charmed by the fact that he didn't try to, you know, to to get a peek at her, that he didn't make any crude joke about her being naked, um, that he instead just completely looked away and then ran off to get her some clothes, you know? Um, and I'm sitting there thinking, Oh, Oz, what a wonderful. (laughs) And then I thought, Jesus Christ, we expect way too little of that. The fact that he didn't completely like take advantage of that situation to objectify and humiliate her. I'm like, Oh my God, Oz. I mean, yes, I love Oz and Oz is wonderful for a million different reasons, but that should be the expectation. Right. There should be nothing charming about that. Right. What I love about that moment is the way he, Mm -hmm. once he, he's got his flashlight and he shines it on her face and then he sees that she's Buffy and he yanks that flashlight back. He's not going to pull. He's, he turns the light off and he pulls the flashlight back like, okay, yep. we're good here. Yep. Yep. It's it's so wonderful. I love And I love it. I love Oz being so blase about that mo- about her turning back into a human being and being yeah. naked mm-hmm. because Oz mm-hmm. last week woke up in the forest <laughs> naked. True. So he's like, "Cool, I have yes, I have some experience with this. It is not comfortable. Let me go get you some clothing." Like it's just <laughs> It's so wonderful. <laughs> it is really wonderful. I love we, that. It's interesting that, uh, you know, the idea of Oz and transformation came up last week mm-hmm. with, with phases. And we talked about this contrasting toxic masculinity, right? So we've got Larry's mm-hmm. dialed up misogyny, which is masking mm-hmm. his internalized homophobia. And then we have Oz's complete non-toxic masculinity paired with his literal monstrosity Three nights out of the yep. month. And mm-hmm. that was bothering me. And yeah. uh, then Rob Hyrett of Metaphors Be With You spotted a metaphor, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. Uh, that 
I think is also really relevant here. Um, Mm -hmm. Rob proposed that a conceit of the show is that all straight men are really beasts at some level. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And and this is and I'm quoting him here on Twitter. He said the symbolic reason Oz becomes a werewolf is that he's so decent so much of the time that he has to be a part time monster to balance it out. Oh, my God. I know. And I was like, that is exactly like I think I think he absolutely nailed it with. Absolutely. I know, because I mean, (laughs) leave leave it to the metaphors guy to spot the metaphor. But right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sort of Mm -hmm. feels great that Oz, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I don't know. It. It's like the only way we can have that kind of non-toxic masculinity exist in the world of the show is right. to... We have to pack it all into one intense yeah, period. Yeah, we have to have... Mm-hmm. And there has to be some darkness there. He can't just be like mm-hmm. a decent guy right. across the board. Right. You know, even yeah. Giles, you know, has this dark past mm-hmm. and the... As, what is it? Oh, Cordelia sure. says, And we're going to see Giles turn yeah. into a demon. We're going to see... I mean, lots of stuff. Giles has oh, yeah. a dark side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, come on, man. I know. That's nuts. But, but yeah, that's so right. Like the one decent guy we get. We, we have to make him a, him a literal monster a who like rips things to shreds mm-hmm. like that. Right. I just. Right. Anyway. But then we also have yeah. a funny little with with Oz looking for the Buffy rat. There's a there's a mm-hmm. I feel like there's almost a little pun on the wolf and the mouse. And of course, uh-huh. you know, um, the title of the episode comes from. A musical, uh, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, is a song in Pal Joey, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, Rogers and Hart. And the mm-hmm. idea of the wolf and the mouse, which is really the male and the female yeah. in musicals, is a whole thing. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is is intentional cheekiness on the part of the show, yeah. but... <laughs> Well, maybe, but it's kind of happy. Cool. It's kind of cool. So, speaking of music, you had some oh, other notes about the music. Oh, my that good you lord! I mean, mm-hmm. here we go again with like I, I don't know enough about music composition appreciation theory. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough to say smart things, <laughs> but I can say I absolutely love the music that we get in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the rock music that's playing when Xander comes into school after the spell is cast and he's got all this swagger because he's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we cast a spell on mm-hmm. Cordelia. And then he's like leaning right. over the the girls and Cordelia just is not having it. But his, right. like, his strut as he comes in. And then there's this wonderful, it's almost the Xander running around frantically violin music yes when he's mm-hmm. panicked and we use it a couple of times and it is so delightful every time because it ends at just the right moment and then we get some little i don't know you know as like, yeah. <laughs> like and here's the reveal for this scene it's yeah. so great and of course i mentioned already the saxophone theme when buffy slinks mm-hmm. into the librarial you know jessica rabbit yeah and then (laughs) my favorite i think my favorite might be the buffy rat oboe theme (laughs) so we Mm -hmm. we go from this sultry saxophone to a little oboe just (laughs) she's running around it's so great it's so great and of course you know once once the mob forms the Mm -hmm. horny slash angry mob um, mm-hmm. which I was going to say horngry, but horngry <laughs> is horny and hungry. So we need a portmanteau right. for horny and angry. Anyway, once they're after Xander, we get a kind of suspense horror theme, which is appropriate. Yeah. But I just mm-hmm. love, love, love all of the music. And then, of course, we get that wonderful slow-mo sequence of Xander walking down the hall mm-hmm. at school. And, you know, yes. it's got with the, the love, funk. Got the love. <laughs> and he's just... <laughs> and it goes on just a little bit too long. Yeah. Which I mm-hmm. really appreciate. Because for the first few moments, that's really funny. He's walking yeah, down the hallway, and you know, in slow motion with funk playing in the background and all the all the girls are like yeah xander 
<laughs> and then it just keeps going. And it keeps yeah, going. No, it's and fantastic. it's way uncomfortable mm-hmm. by the time it ends. And I think that's a great right. choice to draw that out. Yeah, to make that deliberately mm-hmm. uncomfortable for us. I think it's great. Um, and just a shout out to the uh, the music guy on Buffy is Christoph Beck. Um, and he's the one who wrote the Close Your Eyes theme for Angel mm-hmm. and Buffy, which kills me every <laughs> single time I hear it. And I break down into a weeping oh. mess. So thank you so much, Christoph Beck. Uh, but I just want to throw that out that he's the, he's like the musical supervisor or whatever for the show. And uh, and he does some really, really great work. And having themes for different things is is just so incredibly valuable. Like the, the power of music um, and visual storytelling, the power of sound, sound effects, everything in general mm-hmm. um, is, is so like underappreciated because so often we cannot notice it. But the power of that is is so strong. Um, and what they're able to do with with musical choices and certain, you know, musical uh, theming and everything is uh, is really incredibly powerful. And I think that he's an incredible talent. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Okay. So since nobody's wearing anything this week, um, everybody's pretty much <laughs> dropping all their clothes. Did you have anything for what are you wearing aside from uh, just a raincoat or just Xander's shirt? <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> Nothing but a raincoat, Nothing. baby. Um, not really. There was a, I think it's Harmony makes a comment about you know, when are you and Xander going to start wearing little matching outfits? And I yeah. really kind of hoped that their outfits would be not matching, but coordinated. Right. And they mm-hmm. weren't, which, you know, yeah. oh, well. Mm-hmm. Um, You mentioned the moment where Cordelia has her shirt buttoned all the way up to hide that she's yeah. wearing Xander's necklace underneath it, mm-hmm. which is just so dear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love, I love that Willow puts on Xander's shirt. I gets know. into his bed. I just, I don't know why that feels so very Willow to me, but yeah. it works. Mm-hmm. Um, what she's nibbling on his oh ear, though. God. It's like, okay, is that sexy or is that just weird? Well, ostensibly, and I'm not an anthropologist, but ostensibly mm-hmm. that is why we have earlobes. They are to be nibbled on by oh, sexual really? partners. Yes. Yeah, that's why they're there. Because she was like, she was sucking the she, whole like, thing She like goes for it. it she really goes for it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody likes different stuff. Yeah. <laughs> love what you love, baby. <laughs> love what you love. Good night. All right. Okay. So what about the patriarchy for this week? Okay. Do we have any patriarchal okay. moments? I mean, we're deep in Xander's POV, so it's going to be a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. or a lot of it patriarchal. In that way, we, you know, and we talked a little bit about Giles trying to shield Buffy from the truth about who Angelus is, but not, you know, nothing, nothing really glaring except mm-hmm. for this line yeah. that Xander has to Cordelia. And he says, none of this would have happened if you hadn't broken up with me. Right. And in that moment, it's very funny and they're, you know, they're fighting and then it's mm-hmm. revealed that the spell was for her and of course she's touched and all of that but that idea Mm -hmm. that that a woman would bring any of this on herself just by telling a man no yes no absolutely that is something that happens every day and women Mm -hmm. are i mean horrible things horrible things are done to women who say no to men and yeah. that, so that line really rattled me that this was. That's a tough line. Yeah. yeah. It, that this was her fault for rejecting him. Now, the reason that she rejects him is shitty because yeah. her friends are shallow and she's, I mean. But she doesn't need to have a good reason. Yeah. If she says, I don't want this relationship, she has a right to say, I don't want this relationship. Yeah. I just, you, know? you know, I'm. Absolutely. And I'm thinking within the context of like the story and making this line be okay. But oh, oh, it really, it's really, really troubling. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's something that doesn't get talked about enough when we talk about uh, gun violence and how often the women who are victims are women Mm -hmm. who said no. Said no. So 
Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's really bad. And that is such a common idea. None of this would have happened if you hadn't broken up with mm-hmm. me. You made me hit you. Mm-hmm. You know, you did this thing. And that's why I did this. Thing, yeah. You know, um, without ever having the responsibility land on the man who did this terrible thing. Yeah. You know, it's always the woman's fault. Yeah. So that's really disturbing. Um, I have a girl power moment of the week. Um, which is also a bad moment of the week. So it's like both of these things all in one. <laughs> Yay, um, complexity. I do like the moment that Cordelia stands up to her friends. Yeah. You know, where she says, you're a sheep and I'm not, and I'm cool <laughs> and I'm way cooler than all of you guys. I love all of that until she chooses Xander, because here's the thing. Xander, like, I, I know that she liked him. I like that she stands up to her friends, that she the only reason she broke up with him was because of, you know, her friends and, and all of that. And once she's able to step out from that, she doesn't need to be broken up with him anymore. And OK, fine. But I don't like the fact that Xander does all of this and ends up getting the girl Yeah, that like, you mm-hmm. know, he has some consequence. Willow's not talking to him. You know, uh, he almost got everybody killed. God knows how Joyce is going to pay for the repairs to her house. <laughs> You know, um, that house is always getting destroyed. Um, So, I mean, there's all this stuff that Xander did. And in the end, he still gets rewarded. And I feel like that's it's not okay. Like, you know, he he didn't mean for this to happen, but he did mean to mess with Cordelia's consent. Yeah, that was actually his intention. And so for Cordelia to be like, no, that's okay. I think it's kind of cute. Yeah, you know, and then take him back. That is a really bad note to end on for me. But I love the speech that she gives to Harmony, <laughs> where she's like, I'm way cooler than you. I don't need you. I'm not a sheep, you know, um, that's great. And then we turn around and it's just a bad moment Xander needs to be held to account for the fact that he didn't intend for all of these women to go crazy and murderous but he did intend to mess with Cordelia's free will yeah and that's not okay yeah it's it's really troubling because I from a from a visual and narrative standpoint I enjoy seeing them together I enjoy that I do too that moment mm-hmm. where they're walking away and she realizes yeah. what she's done and you know her eyes go all wide and oh my god oh my god and she's I know and she's grown in that I love it's it it's so great and I love I love the slow you know we talked about the slow burn of Willow and Oz mm-hmm. the slow burn yeah. of Cordelia becoming a member of the Scooby gang We haven't really addressed, and it is great. There is so much going on below the surface Mm -hmm. with Cordelia. Um, But yeah, it's, ooh, Mm -hmm. it's not good. It's not good. And of course, she prefaces it with her little ableist slur, which, you know, is a thing that we all said in the 90s, and now we know not to say that. But it's still a huge Mm -hmm. bummer. When I hear Cordelia say something that is like less than great, I want, I -hmm. want. 2018 Cordelia is what I want. I know. I know. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, it's really, it is a weird message that his his revenge plan Mm -hmm. affects everybody but Cordelia. And Cordelia's like, oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Like, you were kidding. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not okay. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, and it plays into this whole idea of... You know, if someone isn't obsessed with you or isn't possessive, someone isn't willing to cast a spell on you for revenge, that Mm -hmm. that's not really a viable, like, that that's cute, that obsession Mm -hmm. is, I don't know, it's, it's not good. It's tough. It's not good. It is a very mixed bag. It is a complex show with complex relationships, and I have complex feelings. (laughs) I have complex feelings, too. All right. So what are your complex feelings about your favorite part? (laughs) My complex feelings about my favorite part are not complex at all. I love the Buffy rat. (laughs) I love the Buffy rat. I don't. I mean, it's probably because I had pet rats as a child, Mm -hmm. and they are delightful. If you do not have larger animals... Yeah. Pet rats are they are sweet and lovely and friendly, but oh my god. And I love I love that they just call her the Buffy rat. The Buffy like, rat. Like she's both Buffy and a rat. And somehow it's just I don't know. I, <laughs> she's like and I had a real craving for cheese. Yep. 
than a sudden need for cheese. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. me too. <laughs> I just yeah, right. I identify. <laughs> Pretty much always have Pretty that. much, yes. So, Lonnie, what's your favorite part? Oh, God. Oz hitting Xander in the face. <laughs> Oz hitting Xander in the face. And then I just had this need to hit you in the yes. face. And then reaching down and helping him up. I love Oz. Oz is my favorite thing. <laughs> and this has been your moment of Oz. <laughs> like, your moment of Oz. So good. <laughs> All right, that's it for today. To join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Noelle Aloud and use the hashtag StillPretty. You can also visit the Chipperish forums. Go to chipperish.com, click on forum, and join in the fun. Or you can keep Chipperish Media going to the tune of a dollar a month or more and gain access to the live chat in Discord where you can hang out with me and Noelle and all the Chipperish patrons whose Valentines are usually met with heartfelt restraining orders. You'll also get access to exclusive patron content like our new podcast, Still Chipper, where the Chipperish hosts go off topic to talk about things and ideas that we find delightful. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. You can also show your support by giving Still Pretty a great review on Apple Podcasts or by telling your friends about the show or by telling Xander that no, lap dancing does not figure into this scenario. Jesus, Xander. (laughs) We'll be back next time with Passion, the 17th episode of season two. And oh my God, it is such a good episode. Until then, (laughs) we intend revenge, pure as the driven snow. (laughs) 